Hey, this is the Logical Man. We're here with America's Cup of Coffee. Today, I got an interesting video for you guys today. Uh, my co-host is not here right now, so we're going to do something a little different. I want you guys, all Americans, all people to understand something. There, We are on a crisis that is hidden that you don't know about. That none of the people in this field, in the industry, definitely know what's going on. But the average Joe, the average person, does not know the state that we're in right now in this country, especially when dealing with housing. We're in a looming housing crisis with over 7 million homes in demand that we don't have. The average American can't afford a home, but the average millionaire, billionaire, these investors can buy the land up and charge you rent that you can barely afford because the wage is just not livable. But thank you guys for listening to this podcast, to this audio. Hope you guys enjoy it. And let's get into it. Show you that. On paper, Danielle and Kristen Sills are the perfect first-time home buyers. They've upped their budget and widened their search of the Boston area. But the last house they bid on had 29 offers. It sold for about 70 or 80,000 over what the asking price was. And it was a 1,200 square foot home. Finding an affordable apartment was hard enough before the pandemic, right? But now things are even worse. Some are calling it a crisis. The shortage is now critical. Affordable so-called Class C apartments are 96% occupied nationally. When they go shopping, the inventory, the active listings they can choose from are down about 30% from this time last year. That's just a staggering shortage of homes on the market right now. He compares this with what happened during the subprime mortgage crisis a decade ago. Millions of homeowners defaulted on their mortgages and investors came in to buy the properties and convert them into rental housing. So you're going to see a lot more of this soon. You guys heard that? Like I just said, the investors came in and bought up the property and made it into rentals. And you could say, what's the issue with that? That's investors. They're coming through to make an investment. They're trying to get some money. What's the issue with that? The issue is land and homes. We are short supply with supplies. We are short supply with homes. And we're short supply with the average American able to get a home. There's too many millionaires, billionaires, and investors buying up all the property and making the rent high. So, what can be done to fix these issues? Vote. Vote different. Go to your mayors, your congressmen. You have to do this stuff so you can have a chance as you, the regular average citizen. As you watch this video, you're probably sitting somewhere collision course with another housing crisis. It may not take exactly the same form as the housing crash of the Great Recession, but it is coming and it's not looking good. In this episode, we'll explore the state of housing in the US and consider what factors are feeding this growing problem. Before we get into the causes of this looming housing crisis, let's take a look at a few statistics. If you look at the housing market today, you'll notice a few things. First, there aren't many single-family houses to be had. People just aren't selling. The houses that do go up for sale are snapped up incredibly quickly, typically within a week or even a couple of days. Having to offer tens of thousands of dollars over the listing price has become the norm if you want to actually have a chance of having the winning bid. If you owned a home and you put it up for sale today, odds are you'd have at least a handful of offers by the end of the day, and many of them would be well over the asking price. Month-over-month -month price increases are now exceeding even the absurd levels we saw in 2006, and we all know what happened shortly after that. What's going on here? A big part of the problem is that the housing market is incredibly short on supply. 
pace of housing production has slowed dramatically, contributing to an already serious lack of housing. This is partly due to a shortage of construction materials and partly just a continuation of the trend of producing fewer and fewer homes per year. So, you guys hear when it's talking about the low supply on construction materials. I don't really believe that because we have too many corporations and companies that just throw this stuff away. If you guys go back to Walmart, Target, all these construction places or places that sell construction materials, especially Home Depot, they just throw wood away throw glass away throw all kind of materials away like it's nothing but somehow we're on a supply shortage and what's crazy that the average person that say they do, they do decide to sell their home because most of them are you know keeping their homes they're, they're not letting them go they're not selling them once they do put their house on the market it's typically gone in a week and you can say that's amazing the market is great it's gone in a week no 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 that's, that's not normal what's normal if it takes you maybe a month or between that time to sell that house but a week just for the house to be gone that means it's a huge huge demand right oh i said seven million homes seven million are in demand that we don't have ready so once a home go on market you have towards it just in your city maybe 10 to twenty thousand people trying to look for a house to buy so just for you to get into the bidding of getting at home you have to have an extra 10 to twenty thousand just to have a chance do you think the average american especially enough to even afford a house has an extra 10 to twenty thousand just to have a chance to be inside the bidding process who you think has the better chance of getting these homes and renting them out the, the average american that comes with a two hundred and twenty thousand saving up for years on end or the billionaire millionaire or multiple investors that have the capital and the income to supply whatever they need to get that bid. Just think about this. As of 2021, the U.S. faces a shortage of roughly 7 million homes. That's a lot of demand. But a housing shortage isn't the only problem here. The big picture is this. Young people are trying to buy affordable homes, but the prices for even the most modest, quote, starter homes are out of reach. These prices have been driven up by institutional money pouring into the housing market to snatch up homes as investment properties, including the homes of those recently evicted during the pandemic. To make matters worse, some large investment firms are lobbying to end eviction protections so that they can acquire even more houses, adding to the housing demand and homelessness problems at the same time. <sighs> well, there's a lot of things you guys don't know. You have to be informed on this stuff. Maybe you can... The best thing for you to stop all this... All this... <sighs> This craziness is the vote vote different change now your presidents might not might not directly affect you but your mayors your governors they affect you directly until you change the way you vote until you get involved with these smaller politicians that's where you live things won't change do you understand they are stopping the eviction certain laws that they put in so they can get in there and bottom bottom homes up increasing the homeless stuff because most people that got these evictions they don't have any money to afford to pay the rent because they didn't have a job or they can't no one wants to work three four jobs to pay some rent so the investors are coming in buying all this property up because what do i look like if i own an apartment if i own a home and i can get nobody to rent out my stuff so i can be able to live as i want to live what I look like sitting on this property, there's nothing going nowhere. I'm losing money. 
I'd rather just give it to a millionaire or some guy that's coming to invest in me and sell it off. But this the kicker, it comes again. The people that's buying these properties are not the average American. These people are investors, millionaire, billionaire, that are basically buying up, buying up all the land, buying up all the homes, buying up everything. So guess what it comes to? A renter society. A renter's society. That is not good. A renter society is not good. Trust me when I tell you this. And what I can say, I can be, I gotta be honest about this. When you talk about the the young people want affordable housing. Let me see something about young people, uh, especially what's going on now. If you guys ever saw anything, let's, let's just say you went guys on Facebook Marketplace, you went on OfferUp, you went on Google, whatever you went on Craigslist to sell your stuff. Do you see how the people lowball you? And it'd be stuff with good, great prices. Say if it's in the store, the thing costs five hundred bucks, so you got it for two hundred. People will come to you, young people, as they say, will come to you and lowball you. I'll give you a hundred bucks. I give you fifty dollars. Oh, I see this. I see that. So is it really young people looking for affordable homes or people that's lowballing, cheap people who's trying to get over on somebody? Let's that's, that's be realistic. I want you guys to what I'm saying now. Do this. Do do it. Go post something on somewhere you got for sale. Make sure it's a good price. Don't overprice it. Something that's a great price, a great deal, and see the people that message you, the quote unquote young people, and see what the kind of prices they'll give you. Some people looking for affordable stuff. I'm gonna get over on people. Just the real time with single family homes out of reach for the average working American. The media has begun trying to frame perpetual renting as a good thing, something that benefits young people. The problem there is that even renting is becoming prohibitively expensive. There are now officially zero counties in the entire country where a worker earning the federal minimum wage can afford a one bedroom apartment. Even for those making significantly more than minimum wage, things are looking pretty grim. There's a common joke that goes something like, the bank said I couldn't afford an $1,800 a month mortgage, so now I pay $3,000 a month in rent. The cherry on top is the true unemployment rate. If we take the LICEP definition for unemployment, someone who is looking for a full-time job that pays a living wage but cannot find one, then the true rate of unemployment in the US currently sits at a staggering 23.7%. So even if, quote, affordable housing were available, it likely wouldn't be affordable because nearly a full quarter of Americans can't find a job that pays a living wage. With that context out of the way, let's look at how these problems combine to form the perfect storm for economic meltdown. We'll start with everyone's favorite bad guys, the billionaires. It should come as no surprise that the people putting in bids at 60, 80, $100,000 over asking price are not your average person. They're typically the ultra wealthy, usually through investment firms or other real estate poaching groups. Let's take Charles Koch as an example. One of the billionaire Koch brothers, Charles has donated millions of dollars to three conservative organizations spearheading the push to eliminate COVID eviction protections. This alone would be reprehensible, but since the wow, oh wow, we have a billionaire pushing. That. Remember the guys, this is Coca-Cola. Remember this, these are these huge companies that we still buy drinks from, we still support, but they're giving us the middle finger. Just think about that. When you go to McDonald's, you order your large Coke. When you go to the store, you want to buy some Coca-Cola. These are the same people that will spit on you. Understand this. To end, people are going to be homeless. You're getting upset that they inside these homes not paying rent because well they can't pay rent or don't have to pay rent because they can't afford or get a job that 
because COVID has stopped, shut down certain businesses, stopped certain things. So you want to cut the law off so they can get up out of the house and you can go buy it up. Then, when they do buy the properties or a home, they overprice it from thirty to fifty thousand dollars more than what it's worth. Even in some cases, one hundred and fifty to two hundred fifty thousand more than what it's worth. And rent is more expensive. It's too expensive for the average American. What happened to the average American makes fifty thousand a year? That's bullcrap. You guys have to understand something. Do you really think the average American makes forty to fifty thousand a year? Let's be realistic. The average American makes twenty-six to thirty-two to thirty-four thousand a year. Let's be real. If you know someone making fifty thousand dollars a year, fifty thousand—that's where they live. Uh, we're not talking about California, New York. We're talking about Ohio, Texas, places like this. That fifty thousand is really worth. In real with you, eighty to a hundred thousand, because the rent, the thing is lower, things a little bit more cheaper. In California, if someone's making a hundred thousand, that's that's basically fifty thousand to us. So, you make it as I say, fifty thousand the baseline for a great a great state, conservative place, of course. That's if it's more affordable than California, New York, right? Do you think you can just meet the? I want you to meet the average person on the street and ask them how much they make a year. And it won't be fifty thousand. The people that make fifty thousand dollars in Texas, Ohio, just stating, are sixty percent in that bracket. So the rest of people, let's say, okay, the sixty percent is America's regular people, right? They're sixty percent out the bracket. The other forty percent are the ones that make fifty to more up. These are not average people all the time, every day, other day. If you got ten people in a room, you probably get two or three that make fifty thousand dollars a year. Let's be real. If you're in California, you got ten people in that room, you'll probably get three to four people that make a hundred thousand dollars a year over there. This is not an average thing. This is rare. The beginning of the pandemic, he's also been heavily investing in real estate snatching up homes left and right to add to his massive portfolio of assets, among them the homes of the evicted and desperate. In April 2020, he dumped $200 million into Amherst Holdings, a company which brags it has acquired over 30,000 homes since 2012. Coke Real Estate Investments was also among the investment groups that recently bought an ownership stake in SmartRent, a landlord technology company. Charles Koch is not alone in this scheme. Billionaires, investment firms, and giant corporations are buying up as many homes as they possibly can, which is driving prices way beyond the reach of the average American. And they're also betting big on the lucrative future of the rental market. It should be clear that very few normal people are going to be able to afford to make offers on homes that exceed the asking price by tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. But some media outlets would have you believe that giant real estate firms aren't the bad guys here. For example, Vox put out an article saying things like, everybody wants to blame BlackRock, and Wall Street isn't to blame for the chaotic housing market. To give them the benefit of the doubt, yes, obviously everything has multiple- Just think, why wouldn't they say this? Why wouldn't the, when you go cut on the news, this is why I love making this podcast here, so I can give you the honest real of an average American person that can tell you what's the truth and what's going on. You can hear things that happen with the truth is going on, reading these articles, doing these stories for you to hear the truth. Just think about it. Billionaire millionaires that can afford almost anything. 
I guarantee the people at the news place that working on working up there at the property, the billionaires and millionaires own that property that the company have to rent out just so they can do the news station. So what makes you think that they're actually being non-biased and odd and honest? The news network is in these people's pockets. Believe that. Variables which influence material reality. But it's a little on the nose to say BlackRock is good actually when the CEO of Vox Investor General Atlantic is on the board of directors at BlackRock. And even if that weren't the case, the Vox article makes some strange assertions, claiming for example that institutional investors just aren't that interested in single family homes. This is demonstrably false, as firms like BlackRock have bought up hundreds of thousands of single family homes since the Great Recession and they continue to hold them hostage on the rental market. Then there's Airbnb. If you go on vacation, odds are you'll find dozens of cute, freshly renovated two-bedroom units to choose from, entire neighborhoods empty except for out-of-state license plates. There's no such thing as an affordable home anymore. They've all been bought up, whether by institutional investors or wannabe real estate moguls, and turned into Airbnbs or rentals, and very few new ones are being built. In fact, I want you guys to understand, I know I keep this, I want you guys to understand something real quick. How crazy and bad this sounds. This is this is this is frightening, man. Most of this stuff bought up is by people in a bracket that an average American will never see in their lifetime. You can save two hundred dollars a month for 30, 40 years, and you barely get into that bracket, but you'll be already one foot in the grave just for you to get close to the break and they're gonna this way wealth gap is gonna be way huger than this way way bigger than this. there's gonna be multiple people living in multiple homes or it's gonna be multiple people living in one area just to pay that rent everybody breaking out 300 bucks just to pay some rent that's two thousand dollars and that's what's going on now this is a rich society man and, and, and us as american people or not saying or doing anything or know what's even happening so i'm happy this this is here maybe this influenced somebody to know what my next mayor election my next government governor election let me talk about this let me say something about this because this is important this is stuff that we need to know this stuff i didn't know when i was watching a biased media news fake news it was saying that it's not the millionaires, not the billionaires, and not these real estate investor moguls. It's just information. The prices, COVID. When it was you guys buying all the land, everything up behind closed doors, fooling me. There's a new trend of building suburban neighborhoods, not with the intention of selling the homes, but of selling the entire development to investment firms who then rent out the houses. Vox isn't the only instance of media trying to manufacture consent for endless renting. The Wall Street Journal says it's generational preferences that are pushing young people to rent instead of buying a home. But it's not preference at all. Most young people would love to have the stability of owning a home, especially when mortgages are now typically much lower than rent prices in the same area. But they've been priced out of home ownership. Young people, I need you please to do this experiment, y'all. Post something with a D. I don't care if it's just you. You're not even going to sell it. You just want to see what I'm saying is true. But this is true. I'm telling you. 
take a picture of something you have in the house that's you know worth three four hundred bucks right and you post it for hundred and fifty dollars half of the price or just say 75 percent of the price do that you will get these quote-unquote young people to lowball you want to negotiate when you literally gave them a great price we're looking for affordable homes is it really something you're looking for affordable or get over on somebody so try to experiment just do that and see exactly what i'm saying about these quote-unquote young people now don't get me wrong these these officials are messed up for personal land do what they do with it double the prices making rent higher but understand something these young people live in a different reality they live in a my truth and not the truth they live in how i feel and not how it is just putting that in consideration companies that have a stake in people renting are pushing for an end to home ownership bloomberg says things like rising real estate prices are stoking fears that home ownership long considered a core component of the american dream is slipping out of reach for low and moderate income americans that may be so but a nation of renters is not something to fear in fact it's the opposite they end their article with this country was always more about new frontiers than comfortable settlements anyway which translates as you will suffer and never be able to afford a home and that's good because it's the american way so we have entire generations of Americans no longer being able to afford single-family homes. We have rapidly increasing rent prices to the point where an eviction crisis is very likely. Large corporations are buying up all the available housing and actively trying to get more people evicted so they can snatch up their homes too. New communities are being developed not to be used for affordable housing, but explicitly for the purpose of making a new suburban renter class that is held hostage by landlords and faceless investment firms. And the media is telling us that actually this is what we want and that stability and building equity is bad. This all adds up to one serious economic crisis looming on the horizon. It's always hard to predict exactly what form the fallout will take, but it's usually a safe assumption that the brunt of the suffering will fall upon those who have little say in the matter. Lower income people who are just trying to get by. The major players who are manipulating the market and causing these problems will suffer no consequences. And if the Great Recession is anything to go by, they will actually dramatically increase their wealth at the expense of the rest of the population. Well, this all sounds pretty bad. What's the solution here? How can we avoid another massive economic collapse? Vote! Vote, vote, and I'll say it again. Vote. You guys are overlooking your mayors. You're overlooking the governors. You guys need to get out here and do something. Vote. This made me more informed to make sure that let me see what's going on in my city and who's going to elect mayor. What are they bringing? What benefits are they bringing? Yes, I'm in a certain city where liberals, you know, mostly run the place and bring it down. But could could i be a uh, a branch off to people that need to hear what's going on that can affect them directly could i get a voice out there to people know that hey this is the truth this is what's going on we need to work on this you know they found loopholes around say time warner cable and mobile they use other company names to buy up other stuff without them being the same network of companies so it's basically a monopoly what else more does it sound like other than a monopoly you guys got to think about this stuff 
Are you even are, are news telling you this stuff about monopolies and what's going on? What they're telling you? The police is bad. Trump is a horrible. We gotta do this, we gotta do that. But they're not telling you what's gonna affect you directly right now. What's going on but under your nose? They putting all this stuff in front of you to look at. Accept this, take that. We canceling this, we canceling that. But what is going on under your nose that is important? This right here, living is important. Shelter is important. Why you worried about who said this and who did that and what's this and who likes this and who likes that? They're buying up land. They're buying up property. They're increasing rent. They're making a buyer, a richer society that only the wealthy in certain class can get into. Think about this. This is a utopia for the rich. It's a utopia for the investors, the billionaires. They're not making affordable homes. They're not making what they'll make you a ghetto somewhere where you all can attack and fight each other. But if you if you're a middle class right now, you think that I'm good, I'm an engineer. I I, I do software. <laughs> this gap is gonna get way wider when you guys that are engineers and software guys. Or still, when you go look for a house, guess what you got to deal with? Oh, man, I need an extra 50000 to get this house to even be in the bid. I didn't say you're going to buy it. You're going to guarantee you're going to get it. You're just a person on the table. You're in the bid. You're in it. You put an extra fifty. and you wanted to get the house for 350000 But guess what? The house they want for you to get in the bid is an extra 50000 So it's 400000 just to be in the bid. You're not buying it for 450000 You in the bid for that price. The real pricing go to five fifty. I'm a your software per your software engineer. In me, I have investors behind me that are millionaires. Who's gonna win that? No matter how you think you're using middle class, I got deep pockets. I got enough money. I got I got investors myself too. But you think you have more money and more resources than a millionaire that has multiple other millionaires backing them? This thing, so all you gotta do. Apps. Historically speaking, we can't. Capitalism is built on the maintenance of cycles of boom and bust, and they're fairly predictable in their timing. These crises are becoming more frequent and more damaging to the average person, but also more lucrative for the ruling class. And if we know anything about capitalism, it's that when the ruling class is benefiting from something, it will not change without a massive, drawn-out struggle. If you're a young person, or a person of any age really. If you're looking for a home, I don't think it would be wise to try to buy one now. I know it's easy to say save more money, but do what you can to squirrel away a few bucks here and there. Rent will continue to go up, but the chaos surrounding single-family homes can't last forever. It's unsustainable even in the fairly short term. I think a crash of some sort is likely, and hopefully, if we can ride out the storm, housing prices might come down somewhat afterwards. The giant real estate firms will have added many new properties to their portfolio, but it's very unlikely that they will have bought them all. Once supply chains recover from the pandemic, construction materials become more available, and the home buying frenzy dies down a little bit, hopefully there will be some homes available for first-time buyers. 
In the meantime, we have some actions we need to take. First, we need to push back against the media talking points about generational preferences and the benefits of renting. They yep. support a predatory, exploitative status quo that we should not accept. If they want us to rent, we need to demand affordable apartment housing with rates that only increase with inflation, not at the whims of parasitic landlords. We also need to remember that, once upon a time, owning a home was within reach for just about every American. Back in the 50s, a suburban home only cost two or three times the average salary, which meant that not only could people easily afford them, they could- Yes, but back in the 50s, we had a lower population, a lower immigration rate, more better job placement because these jobs were, when you got a job, it was affordable for you for you to have your wife and kids at home while you're working one job. Just one job could afford the rent, the bills, vacation, toys for Christmas. You and the missus go out to go eat whenever you need to go out and go eat. Different time, different things. The more people come in, the more things happen, the more th prices go up. This is what happens in reality. We can't talk about the past when there was less things in the past, but in the present, it's 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 more de dependent than people that's productive. Think about it. We have more people that's on government assistance than back in the 50s, right? So how would that make sense to compare the 50s where, the, first off, the population was millions and millions or less. The immigration rate was millions and millions or less. The jobs were paying at a, a great price that wasn't overinflated. Two different things, two different times. We cannot use the past for the present. It just doesn't add up. Matter of a few years rather than over the course of three decades. Like almost everything else under modern capitalism, housing has shifted from being seen as a basic necessity to a valuable commodity from which the wealthy can extract massive profits. The best thing we can do right now is continue to fight evictions, organize tenants unions to build bargaining power against the landlords, fight for higher wages across the country, and support our neighbors however we can. You are an individual, but you're also a member of one of two classes, either the working class or the capitalist class. If you do not own the means by which capital is produced, a factory, an office building, a block of apartments, a large company, you are a member of the working class. And that means your fight is the same as the people at risk of eviction, or who make $7.25 an hour, or who can't afford their medical bills. Only by acting in solidarity with your class can you make a significant impact. If you do own the means of production, if you have wealth at your disposal, we need you too. We wouldn't have had Marx without Engels. Donate to mutual aid funds, buy and distribute copies of socialist books, use your free time to help in whatever ways you can. Everyone has a role to play. And in the housing crisis or any other fight, organizing is key to victory. That is facts. Shout out Second Thought. That was a great breakdown of this. I want you guys to understand something. I don't believe in $15 an hour for working a fast food job when teenagers can do it, little kids can do it, especially an entry level job. But I do believe in equal wage rights. What I mean by equal wage rights, I mean by if the rent, if it, if it would take me two jobs to pay my rent, I think that if the minimum wage is seven twenty-five, 
it needs to be at least nine dollars to nine twenty-five to nine fifty. You need to be able to pay the baseline rent at least the a, a studio apartment needs to be able to be paid through the ways that my employer is giving me, and not a mom and pop shop, not a small company, not an LLC. I'm talking about a corporation company, or at least a company that can afford two to three hundred employees. It's easy. This this stuff can be easy broke down in math. Nine fifty times forty dollars an hour. Let's do the math now. Actually, nine fifty times forty an hour. That's eight hours. That's seventy six dollars. Seventy six times five days out the week is three eighty, including taxes. So that's just say three fifty times four. That's fourteen hundred dollars, right? So if I'm making fourteen hundred dollars, I'm working forty hours a week, right? I'm making fourteen hundred dollars a month. Rent should be no more than seven hundred dollars. That leaves me with seven hundred dollars for bills. My lights will be about two hundred. My water will be about thirty, and we go down from there. So when all this stuff is done, including my my car and all that stuff, I should have at least three to four hundred dollars left. People don't even have that once all this stuff is paid. Now, if you decide to go get you get you a payment car, that's your fault. Hey, this is what you have to deal with. You want the newest car, the newest thing. When you're a person that lives in the way you live, you should get a payment car. Go ahead and take the 97 Honda Civic. Go ahead and get the 99 Toyota Camry. And even though those prices have inf information on those prices on those cars, it's still worth it to get a payment car that you own. Don't get a payment car that you don't own. Get a car that you own, non-payment. And you could say... 300 400 at the end of the month all my bills and everything paid that's not enough are you serious if you take remember this is after your bills your food all that you got three four dollars left if you can't save at least 250 to 300 bucks or all that you're doing it wrong you want to save slowly and as you work in that low that low entry job you should be finding a way to become a manager become a supervisor if that job is not offering you no way to go up in the ranks of employment you should quit or find another job there's no there's no way a job that has good employees reliable employees your own time you're respectful you do your job you're great doing your job don't allow you to get a promotion after a certain amount of time but i don't thank you guys for watching this boy logical man with america's cup of coffee hope you enjoyed this breakdown right here uh please share this this is a very important information a lot of things you guys don't know stop watching the news avoid the news the news are in millionaires billionaires in certain real estate moguls pockets they'll say what benefits them not what benefits you but y'all have a great one hey how you guys doing today it's your boy logical man with america's cup of coffee now this has to do with canada so we're having truck drivers drivers protest vaccine mandates this is amazing great news we have a bunch of people stand this one going against these mandates for the vaccine now i believe myself you should have freedom of choice you shouldn't have to get the vaccine if you don't want to get the vaccine you shouldn't be forced to get the vaccine so if you don't have the vaccine you can't have certain hmm, as i can say let me say this certain privileges provoked for not getting something just in your body that you don't want or you think you don't need so let's just hear from 
a Canadian news network of the situation going on in Canada. As a group of truckers protesting COVID-19 vaccine mandates called the Freedom Convoy. That's what they call themselves. It's snowballed now into sort of blockade in Canada. For days, we've seen chaos in Ottawa. That's Canada's capital city, of course. As truckers protest the new vaccine order, which requires truckers entering Canada to be fully vaccinated or face testing and quarantine requirements. The protest has disrupted life for many Ottawans who aren't happy about it. Let's hear from some of them in our series, Your Voice. Take a look. We have customers that need their goods shipped, and they rely on us to do it. And we have customers in Alaska that rely on us to haul stuff back. We have customers in Canada that need us to ship. And um, I'll tell you that the frequency of requests since this mandate went into place has increased substantially. Can you get me a truck? Can you get me a truck? No, we can't, but we'll try. That's going on in Canada. I think it's infringing a lot of people's movements, freedoms. I love this. You guys understand how much I love this. Us as Americans to come together and do this ourselves. White, black, doesn't matter what race you are. We should come together and stand our ground on what these government, politicians, whatever groups that force us to do things that we don't want for ourselves as human beings on earth. We should rise up against it, stand our ground. They can't take all of us to jail, and they can't attack all of us. Because, especially in America, if they attack all of us, this is how militias and wars happen. And one thing the government would not want is an inside war with their own people. You know how guerrilla warfare worked with Vietnam when the reason why America lost because they were attacking and killing people on their own lands. If me and Kyle know our neighborhood, the military's rolling in, and we have a few landmines, as you say, traps. I know how to get around this corner. I know this neighborhood. I know this block. I know here. But you are in unknown American soil territory because we're at war. It'd be easier for us to ambush you, trap you, and destroy you. <laughs> Because basically, girl, the war for it. That's how it was in Vietnam. These guys were in the ground and bushes and certain villages hitting. You couldn't tell because you were in their country on their soil and don't know the terrain. People are isolating way too much now, especially in Quebec. The mandates, passport mandates, is too, it's too invasive. Uh, it just goes against everything that we have known as a, de a democratic people. We have never known this being having passport mandates. I understand the pandemic it, it, it has taken many lives, but you know what? There's no, there's no reason to lose my freedom as well. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty silly. Uh, I think that definitely that it's been pretty disruptive to to the community, uh, to kind of everyone nearby. For what I love seeing the most too, I see Asians, whites, blacks. All out here supporting this movement. It, it, it's beautiful. Sure. I mean, you can't lock up healthy people and expect them to remain healthy. Okay? So the children have not been in school. I personally believe that is wrong. Um, they sh we need to drop the mask, drop the mandates, and start living our lives again. We're fighting for freedom, my man. We're going to keep fighting, Juno. You have nothing on us, Juno. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to defeat you, Juno.
man, these protests, this conversation has gone viral. Let's talk about how long it could last, this blockade at the border. And what will it take to find common ground between Trudeau and the truckers? Kendra Hems, president of the Trucking Association of New York, joining us now. So Kendra, bottom line here, the vaccine mandates are in place to help protect people against COVID. So knowing... Uh I don't, I don't want to get a uh, silence on here, but you guys know the deal with this the vaccine stuff. Just uh, your body works certain ways, certain things don't work. It's not a guarantee. Mutations. Do the research, y'all. I can't say it on here. You guys, they'll take it down or strike me. So just know, not everyone needs that. Now, if you're older, get jab. But let's continue. Doing that that this is being done for the safety of others. What's the argument here for not wanting to adhere to a vaccine mandate? I don't think it's about not wanting to adhere to a mandate. I mean, from our position, drivers are essential workers. They were essential before the pandemic, essential during the pandemic. They'll continue to be essential following the pandemic. And during the height of it, they were crossing the border um, serving a critical link to our supply chain. So the concern is we have not seen any significance or any data to show that there's, um, you know, a higher rate of uh, drivers contracting the virus or spreading the virus. They're, they're isolated by nature. So the concern here is that we are going to continue to put additional pressure on the supply chain when we um, really need it, you know, can't, can't afford to do that. Yeah, and Kendra, speaking from the American side of the border here for truckers who I know cross that border all the time, uh, up in Canada, Canadians, it seems, at least polls show, are broadly supportive of vaccine mandates. Over 80% of Canada is vaccinated, and the Canadian Trucking Alliance, I guess, estimates that 85%. My God. Since in Canada, I didn't expect that. But I don't want to say too much. You guys know how it is. The 90% of Canadian truckers are vaccinated. So who's out there? Who's who's as exercised about this? They've taken over downtown Ottawa. Uh, are these you know a minority of truckers, or are there are there other people with other beefs against the way the Trudeau government has handled the pandemic? Are they out there? Have you got a sense of who's out in the streets uh, shutting down Ottawa? I mean, honestly, I can't speak too much to the protest in Canada. It's a very different situation there than it is here in the U.S. We do not have a domestic mandate here. So, you know, by and large, our drivers are still able to work every day. Um, it's a small percentage of the overall driving population in the U.S. that does cross-border operations. And I think at the end of the day, it just boils down to people still wanting to have a choice. So just looking forward, what do you think could happen next? I mean, we've talked so much about the supply chain and the back and forth of goods. I mean, this. What throws me off and what's so funny about how they say, well, is this just a small minority of truckers? What's well, the small minority of truckers? Why are your supplies so at a standstill? It's a minority of truckers, but 80% of the population is vaccine. What is this 80%? Is 80% of fast food workers? 80% of entry level workers? Are they essential workers like truckers, nurses, doctors? If not, it doesn't matter what population that is not essential workers that keep the economy going is vaccinated. If, if you have 100% of truckers and 90% don't want a vaccine mandate, what does that mean? 
means that if you want to keep your supply industry running, your stores full and supplied, you will cooperate or continue the chaos. Is really going to come down to consumers as well and possibly got not getting the things that they need. Right, absolutely. I think at this point, it's a little too soon to tell. Uh, we're monitoring the situation. Um, but if it continues and we see increased congestion at the border or challenges with getting that freight delivered, you know, we are going to see an impact on inflation. Um, those loads won't be delivered. There's going to increase demand. It's going to increase pricing. Um, so it's not a good situation. You, do you see what she did there? Let's, 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 let's put that back. Listen to the trickery words she, she throws on the Canadian people. And the, no, this is affecting us too as Americans too. And the American people, how they blame these truckers to be the, the bad guys. But how about you stop the mandate for these truckers? Give them what they want, something simple. But you rather let all this, what is so, what's so important about this, you know, stick for you to allow inflation, for you to allow families to not get what they need, for supplies not to be put in these places for people that need it, water, food, clothing, cars, because they do move cars back and forth. Just give them the little non because it, remember 80% is vaccinated. So how can this little minority percentage of truckers affect the main pool of people? Because it's all bull crap. Is she putting the truckers as the bad listen to this as the bad guys? They're going to increase from inflation and the, the system is demand and they're, you know they're stopping things. Listen. You know, we are going to see an impact on inflation. Um, those loads won't be delivered. There's going to increase demand. It's going to increase pricing. Um, so it's not a good situation. And in truth, the mandate, particularly as it relates to the trucking industry, it's just not good policy um, given the challenges that we're already experiencing in the supply chain. And, and you've mentioned, Kendra, that there, that there is no vaccine mandate, similarly, in the United States for truckers, these essential workers. You guys have, you know, really done so much, not just in the pandemic, as you point out, but... If this happens in America, man, I'm doing full coverage on this stuff. Uh, I'm going to try to go out here in this field and record and tell people to support each other, man, because if I got to do it, I gotta to donate to this. I have donated before to certain causes. That's not all I do, because they're fighting a good fight. And I think all Americans, people that's been watching this podcast here... I listen to it i want you guys to understand support this even though you cannot miss work you can't miss work maybe you have to get the vaccine you should still support causes like this because what if they actually get some ground and now your child your family don't have to be forced to get something that they don't want think about that really the lifeblood of our economy in many ways but if there is Let's say we get another variant or some such thing and the government under President Biden or whomever decides the best way to protect us against it is a vaccine mandate for truckers who cross borders and see a lot of different people. Uh, do you think there would be a similar protest on behalf of the people that, that you represent and champion? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it is a very uh, volatile issue, as we know. Um, there's strong opinions on both sides as it relates to mandates. 
Um, and, and I can't really say for certain whether or not we see a protest of this nature in the U.S. Um, what I can tell you is a mandate would be devastating. We already have a shortage of 80,000 drivers across the U.S. And anything that we do to encourage more drivers to leave the trucking industry would have a significant impact on this industry to be able to do what it needs to do, um, which, by the way, is delivering the supplies that we need to fight this virus. They are calling the masks, the gloves, the hand sanitizers, the vaccines. Uh, so we really should be doing everything we can to make our drivers' jobs easier, not harder. All right. Well, as I said, we appreciate the job all truckers do. Kendra, thanks very much for that. Oh, guys, that was a breakdown of that. What do you guys think about the situation? Are these truckers wrong for standing up for their own human rights, their own choices of what they do and don't want to do? But then they're selfish for not doing something that the main population is doing, but they want to be the entitled ones not to get the vaccine. I don't want to say too much about the vaccine, but hope you guys enjoyed the information. We're going to have more coming soon on news, politics, and more stories. But you have watched America's Cup of Coffee. Thank y'all. Have a great one.